Well, hello and welcome to ASI cast number 165. I'm Richard Marks, ASI's Research Director, and the focus of today's pod is going to be the recent news that Barb Audiences, the UK TV currency, is to take over the governance of Seaflight. Now, Seaflight is the linear and BVOD campaign evaluation tool set up originally by Sky and widened to include the UK commercial broadcasters a couple of years ago. And joining me to discuss this news, appropriately enough, Justin Sampson, who's CEO of Barb. So welcome to Justin. Hello. And Lucy Bristow, who's Director of Insight and Research at Sky, one of the driving forces behind Seaflight. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you. Hi, Richard. Now, you're both uh, podcast veterans, so I don't need to tell you how this works. And we did feature Seaflight back in ASICast number 128, if you're keeping record. But to save our listeners having to dive back into the archives, Lucy, perhaps if you can kick us off by just reminding our listeners briefly what Seaflight actually is and what it's designed to do. Sure. So so Seaflight is a methodology and it's a tool that measures total reach, but also deduplicates the reach and frequency for an actual campaign that has advertised on linear and BVOD inventory with Sky, ITV or Channel 4. And the linear, the linear component is measured by the bar panel and the BVOD impressions are from each of the broadcaster's ad servers um, according to a specification designed by RSMB. The TechEdge tool then calculates and deduplicates the reach and measures the frequency as well. Um, and that methodology, if you like, lives in TechEdge um, and it's been um, fully verified by RSMB. Um, and designed together with the with the broadcasters themselves. So that's what it is in a nutshell. That's that's a, a succinct way of uh, describing what is obviously a, quite a, a complex system, I'm sure, behind the scenes. But a number of observers have been perhaps speculating for a while that Seaflight might end up under Barb's wing, and we'll talk through the logic of that. But what was the original rationale for the broadcasters developing the service separately from Barb? Yeah, I think it's, we felt that it's certainly the right path now for the future of Seaflight. Um, as we know, the calculations and the required data inputs require maximum levels of rigor and scrutiny. And really the original intention was to build something quickly for the industry. Um, we were being asked, it was the number one question that we were being asked by our agencies and our advertisers. We need to understand what BVOD is adding to the linear schedule. So we could do that quite quickly, given that we had very quick access to all the BVOD information. Um, and Sky had already designed the methodology using our own uh, single source data from our own panel with the help of RSMB. So we all, already had a really good understanding of the underlying deduplication, if you like. So that was quite quick to um, bring ITV and Channel 4 into that. Um, but I think it's true to say but that now that it's evolved into a much grander operation, um, you know, it's pretty huge in terms of what it does behind the scenes. It requires total oversight and scrutiny. Um, again, this is something that agencies have been asking for in terms of transparency around methodology um, and data inputs. So it makes a lot more sense to us for Seaflight to come under Barb's governance in the future. So that's what we've been able to do. That's what we've been able to do. It will signify Seaflight becoming a 
part of a joint industry service that's overseen by both the buy and the sell side. So that would seem to be a significant moment in its um, evolution. Justin, what do you think the main chances, the main changes that may be introduced when Barb takes over governance in January next year? How do you see this impacting on the future development of the service? I think the key word in what you've just said, Richard, is evolution. So coming to Barb, is, it's not about revolution. Um, and you've again pinpointed one of the really important parts of that evolution, which is that it will be uh, now overseen by both buyers and sellers of advertising. And I mean, the first thing um, to say is that what we don't want to do in this transition phase is get in the way of the really next big development of Speedflight, which is due in the coming weeks, which is the addition of um, traded audiences so that uh, buyers and sellers can look at the performance campaigns against 14 um, audiences that are mainly used for, for trading. And so we, we, we don't want to get in the way of that. That's a really important development. Um, and as part of that, it's important that we sort of maintain the regular weekly project development calls with both the research leads and separately there's a call with technical support. You can't underestimate the importance of getting the technical people aligned. Um, but what we will start to do before the end of the year um, with a view to the medium to long term is to establish a new joint industry steering group that reports into the Barb Management Board. And, and this steering group, which will um, engage both buy side and sell side, will have oversight of delivery, oversight of all the methods and techniques used to deliver C-Flight. It, it'll also start to debate prioritisation of the next developments. Um, and, and this group will also um, field any questions around um, policy around access and, and, and who um, is able to use the system. And, and, and this group will also take responsibility for a, a system Barb's been running for a, a few years now called the Advanced Campaign Hub, which is complementary to C-Flight, whereas C-Flight focuses on post-campaign reporting. The Advanced Campaign Hub is a pre-campaign optimization tool. And, and so with a combination of Advanced Campaign Hub and C-Flight, uh, we, we have a an end-to-end total campaign planning and reporting. And this joint industry group um, will oversee that. And as I say, active involvement in media agencies through the IPA. Also, I think significantly the possibility of adding new services into uh, CFLY. So um, it will be open to all BARB uh, full licensees. And I'm sure many viewers of this ASI cast are aware that in the last couple of years, Disney Plus and Netflix have become Barb subscribers. There may be more around the corner, who knows? Um, and it's as, as long as these services are, are happy to w work with the um, joining instructions, which cover commitments, collaborate, and work to agreed methodological standards, then then the door is open for SeaFlight to go beyond just reporting uh, performance on the uh, commercial broadcaster services. That's interesting. You you when you you, said, you mentioned them becoming involved in the service, um, and that makes a lot of sense. The I guess the other aspect is that is how the data would be made available. As I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lucy, that at the moment um, the advertisers don't pay for C flight; they get the 
data if they are advertising on Linear and BVOD as part of the package to demonstrate how their advertising is gone. Whereas obviously Barb data is available on subscription and typically tends to be available to anyone who's willing to purchase it as opposed to just being available on a campaign by campaign basis. Presumably that's one of the issues that the the um, oversight committee would need to address is how is it how does the business model work for C-Flight within what is now a subscription service? So, um, I mean, C-Flight, uh, as you say, Richard, has been a free reporting service for companies that have bought advertising. And, and in that sense, there's been no change to the business model as the access policy will um, remain the same. And, and I think one of the most important things for the uh, joint industry um, working group to focus on in the is is delivering the trading audiences in the short term, but also prioritizing other features that are needed by buyers and sellers. Now, that's not to say that the working group won't um, consider w whether there needs to be any changes in access, but for the time being, um, there's no plans to change that. Um, it, it, it aligns with how we've been making available our advanced campaign hub, uh, which is uh, available to companies that plan and buy um, uh, advertising, but not more broadly to um, barb subscribers. But, but if there is going to be a change, um, then, then it's a matter for joint industry consensus to agree what that change should be. And again, it's it, so the, the whole decision making process is, is transparent to buy side and sell side. I think, I think that's a really important part of um, how the, the governance will be in the future. But in theory, people using Barb Linear Service can track any advertising campaign they want, can't they, if they're a subscriber? Whereas would people be able to track other people's campaigns in C-Flight, which they can't do at the moment? Uh, that, that, that's not possible at the moment. Um, but as the conversation unfolds about its development, um, we, we need to see to what extent that's a priority compared to other developments that we, we know buyers and sellers are interested in. Yeah, I just just add to that. Really, I think that's right. The in the first phase of the this transition, we wanted to keep things as neat uh, as possible for ease of transition. Remember, we're dealing with sort of huge, huge volumes of data here coming through on the impressions, which we've never sent through to Barb before. So there's a there's a technical side to this in terms of what the systems and operations can actually handle. Um, I don't want to go into too much technical detail, but each of the broadcaster, each of the broadcasters has to basically send through BVOD information on the fly, as it were. And that's a huge undertaking for us. So operationally, we do have to test volumes that can actually go through. So that's one reason why from day one, we want to sort of keep as is, um, as the service currently runs. And as Justin says, we'll definitely be discussing future developments yeah, in the working groups. Well, I didn't realise the data was on the fly. That's that's really interesting. In terms, of yeah. That. So the so TechEdge pings each of our servers. So the request goes through to TechEdge. TechEdge pings the server for ITV Channel Four and Sky, um, and S4C as well, obviously, um, which then goes back to TechEdge. So it's not as if TechEdge has already got the data. The information has to flow around operationally. No, um, I, I that's definitely a question that we have to consider for each of our operations it's quite a huge task 
Mm. I mean, it is also, I guess, a significant development in terms of how, where the future direction of travel for wider measurement might be in that it, it doesn't actually involve, as you say, the provision of a respondent level database where everyone can analyze everything by everything. It's taking data from the places it needs to effectively in real time. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole new model um, for all of us. So we're having to to evolve it and, and sort of tweak it as we go. But it's 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 a fascinating new model and hopefully it will work well for us. Hmm. You you mentioned Justin, could this potentially be the mechanism? I know that you are you've said in recent interviews that you're investigating how how to incorporate you know Disney Plus, Netflix advertising, etc. Could this possibly be the model for doing that, or could you envisage a more of a horses for courses? situation because i guess with things like clean rooms you could be taking data from you know different sources and and using the most appropriate techniques or do you envisage ideally a uniform technique for measuring campaigns on vod and yes we've been exploring a range of options for how we report ad exposure on the um svod ad tiers um and and that's partly out of um, a sort of a desire to be able to do this um, re regardless of whether we've got the active involvement of the SVOD businesses. Um, and without wishing to get too far ahead of myself, I'm kind of um, op optimistic that we will have the um, involvement of those businesses. We've been looking at watermarking. We've been looking at uh, data matching through clean rooms. Having responsibility for sea flight means we can now explore the appetite of these SFOD services to become part of uh, sea flight, as I said earlier. And I think it's I mean, it's good to have a range of techniques at our disposal. But I think joint industry principles point to the benefit of ideally having a plan A for for everybody. And, and I think sea flights established coverage of linear and BVOD services make them a natural choice to be our plan A. Mm. Um, but picking up on some of the things that Lucy's been saying, it, 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 it's not something you can get onto overnight. And, and there's a lot of work needed. Um, and, and Barb will be kind of coordinating this to try and make sure it's as effective as possible, li linking up the, um, the participating services with the methodology and get, getting the data surfaced through TechEdge. And, and if that, 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 there may be a merit in short-term application of other solutions, for example, watermarking, as an interim measure to give the market something whilst the sea flight solution is, is being developed. And I mean, given where, I mean, this is kind of really exciting, but uncharted territory. And, and the great news, I think, is, as, a, as I've sort of alluded to, there's, there seems to be an appetite um, for these conversations. And, and as I said, I don't want to, get ahead of myself and um, um it's it's great to have a range but as i say joint industry principles let, let's aim for a plan a and we as i said we think the established coverage of linear and b volunteer flight, flight makes that a great springboard for a, a service that brings in other services mm. now that 
I think the first time we came across Seaflight at ASI was when it was uh, presented by, I think, um, Lucy, along with NBCU at a um, Prague event. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think I've worked at Seaflight stands for cam campaign flight, doesn't it? Is that that the is that the origin of the name? Yeah, that's the original um, intention of it. Yeah. And since then, a number of other countries have been um, at various stages of introducing initiatives that are like Sea Flight or, or called Sea Flight. So, I guess from from your perspective, is is this a a, a, a Sea Flight a product that's exportable, or is it a an objective, a mission? I mean, where where, where does the product stand now that in the UK it's within Barb. I mean, presumably it's progressing in other countries in different ways. Is that a question for me, Richard? Uh, yes, say? it is. It yeah, is yeah. It. yeah. No, it's not, there's no kind of grand ambition around Seaflight at all. It's just um, definitely not from, from our perspective anyway. It's just a good solution that works. And, and our, our sort of priority is to to make things better for ourselves and for the UK market. We're not really intending to um, roll it out any further. It's just an accidental consequence, I think, of the fact that it's quite a simple solution. It seems to work. Everyone's got the same challenge. And obviously, we've seen in other markets, they've got slightly different flavours of sea flight, haven't they? But I think the underlying sort of principles and the mm. underlying nuts and bolts seem to be very similar um whether they call it sea flight or not i don't know but 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 for us in the uk we do have a set of um with with the other broadcasters and now with barb a set of underlying principles and as justin said joining instructions for want of a better word there are certain guidelines and certain kind of rules around how you become part of sea flight so your impressions have to be 100% viewed for example um to be part of the of the commitment of the service and that's something that we've discussed at ASI before around uh, principles of measurement hmm. certainly imitation the, is the uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so i think you should be flattered lucy that everybody's picking up on the sea flight idea yeah yeah and i guess it comes back to transparency as well doesn't it i mean there richard you know much better than i do and you can probably talk about all the different flavors there are globally um, but we think this one works really well for us and our infrastructure and how we're set up with Bevel data and linear data in the UK and who knows we could roll that out to other other platforms as well within Barb so um, yeah, yeah it, it works. The variables around the world tend to be what data is available um, you know th there's a lot of variation from country to country in terms of what percentage of users of BVOD services are logged in? Do they surrender their demographics or not? Um, there's also a lot of variation around the world in terms of how broadcaster lawyers interpret the degree to which that information can or can't be passed on as PII. But I think the one constant thing at the moment is that they tend to be services that are initially being created by groups of broadcasters because and I think this is something you touched on Lucy when we talked to you a couple of years ago that you know 95% of the initial work is being having to be done at the broadcaster end in terms of building the pipe work 
and you know actually building all the way in which the data is transmitted so it's going to be interesting i think the the other mm. countries are going to be watching this with interest having you know it, once their systems are at the same you know ideally at the same level of maturity that sea flight is as to what the next logical step is because i don't think that broadcasters necessarily are doing it because they want it to be separate it's just that it is incredibly mm. a lot of work for the broadcasters to do and not easier for them to build the what uh, origin always like to call the pipe work themselves yeah and each of us we've done all the hard work for you justin because each of us had to obviously invest quite heavily um, in the infrastructure ab of our ad servers so that we all had this unified the key one was the unifying of the clock number which obviously doesn't exist for bvod in the same way that it does neatly for linear um, and that was a big task and, and and also just make our ad servers fit for purpose to send the right data back to to tech edge and the other systems and tools that require it so it's a huge task um, but yeah we're, we're in it we're in a good place with it now I think it's maybe worth adding, and um, th there is some work that Barb did with the broadcasters before DFly came along. So when we were establishing Project Dovetail, um, and we were collecting the census data, and, and the broadcasters were embedding SDKs into their app, we had to do it, and this goes back to your point, Richard, about all the legalities around the data. We worked very, I can't remember how long it took working with the broadcasters' lawyers, bring together a broadcaster's agreement which enshrines the way that this kind of data which isn't panel data it's big census data it, the broadcaster's agreement we have enshrine and has this collaborative approach between all the broadcasters to make sure that Barb can work with data like that in a way that preserves all the privacy etc cetera, etc cetera. so whilst we're grateful for the hard work sea flights done in the interim. There is some previous work which we were involved with, which again, I think, laid yeah. some of the groundwork for the things that are now coming to fruition. Yeah, mm. it makes a lot of sense. Um, the uh, you don't actually take over the governance until January. So from a ASI selfish perspective, there's there's not in time for it to be something we'll be discussing at the conference in Nice, although we will be hearing from Justin um, on a, a wider topic. And hopefully in November 2024, when you've taken over the governance and uh, have a, a better steer on things, it'd be fascinating to hear from you about uh, um, where it's heading under Bob's uh, careful governance. So in the meantime, thanks to both of you for hooking up after the announcement uh, a couple of weeks ago. And hopefully, I think you've given our listeners a lot, um, some more colour and background to what the announcement means and where you're headed. So thanks for that. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Justin.